0: Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Amoff-Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching consulting in this area or done for you services go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com hey what's going on everybody welcome to the smart business show today we have a very special special guest out of florida her name is lisa collum she's the ceo and of uh top score writing She's the owner of Coastal Middle and High School, Yes, yeah, she actually owns a school, which is crazy cool. And especially when you hear the background of how she got to that point, which we're gonna share today. And the craziest part of all, she does this while being a wife and mom of four. She is a mom of four kids, like amazing. So today's topic is the seven figure mom because Lisa has become a millionaire through her business while being a mom and running a school. So Lisa, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today. What a treat.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and share my story and hopefully empower people who are listening.
0: Yeah, and I think what's so cool about your story is I feel like you represent just an everyday mom, right? That's just, you, you were working a regular job as a teacher and you were teaching, was it English?
1: Yeah, I was in charge of writing.
0: You're in charge of writing Mm -hmm. for fourth grade. And you kind of got this itch to start your own, you know, writing program. So kind of tell us about where you were at and kind of what led you down that journey.
1: Yeah, so you hit it right on the spot. I was just like regular mom who wanted to be a teacher that was my life goal my life dream I used to teach my stuffed animals when I was like five year old five years old in my room so when I landed that dream job at 21 I was super excited and I was in charge of writing so I thought okay it's not necessarily my thing but give me the curriculum because you know every subject has curriculum that you follow And so I saw the reading teacher had like 20 boxes and the math teacher had like 20 boxes and social studies and science. And then there was nothing for writing. And the principal said, oh, well, you just gotta find resources online and find some books that you can use and just kind of supply them with lessons to get them with some general writing. And I was like, oh no, that's not gonna work for me. I knew I was at a low performing school. I knew every student was below grade level and I knew that I wanted to be successful my first year of teaching. I went back to basics and came up with my own system of teaching writing, and that first year, um, before me coming in, they were at 38% proficiency, meaning only 38% of them passed the state writing test, and at the end of my first year, 95% of them passed the state writing test, and then for two years to follow, 100% passed. So, it became so crazy that, and unheard of that I was investigated twice by the Department of Education because they didn't believe wow. that these low-level students could do that. So yeah. I just went with the system, never wrote anything down. I did that for eight years. Wow. Um, I got to jump it in really
0: quick. I got to yeah. jump in really quick because... You're like the true Hillary Swank and freedom riders. <laughs> you're like a, the the true like they need to make a movie after you because you're in a you know a, a a tough school district working with kids that aren't you know passing at high levels and here you come in flip the tables upside down and say this is how we're gonna this is how we're gonna do things. And you changed the, the results in that in that school. That's amazing. Talk, can you talk a little bit more about what that was like working with kids like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was determined and I, I hate when people just put this one kind of blanket over these kids and say, you know, it is what it is. They're low performing. You know, they're going up in poverty. It's just expected. I just I don't like any of that. So I don't I don't take no for an answer. I don't take their low level for the way it needs to be. So I went in with this mindset of, no, they're going to write and they're going to pass. End of story. And so I knew what worked with kids in general. I knew that regardless of what I learned as a as an education major, I knew that the simple basics, structure and repetition and practice is what works with kids. It doesn't matter if you're playing football or learning how to write. You want to learn, you do repetition and practice. You go out there every single day and you practice. And the same thing needed to happen with writing. And I feel like a lot of curriculum, a lot of teachers, a lot of ways make things sound so fancy. They all want this grand show. And I'm not into that. I want real deal. I want what works. So I kept things basic and it, it worked with the kids. And thankfully, I was able to share my ways. And the coolest part about it was after I was done teaching the classroom, they moved me to like a coaching position, it was called a writing coach, and then a specialist. And then I was in charge of the lowest 10 schools in my entire district. And all those schools outperformed all the A schools. And so then it kind of became this talk of, whoa, what, what, who is this lady? And what is she doing? And I just loved proving everyone wrong. That was like my it's still still to this day, I might like, give me any school anywhere with any kids and i will get them to write an essay
0: wow let that's amazing and, and a lot of times with these lower performing schools some of the students can have attitudes because they're not getting you know just kind of how they grew up it's it's kind of like you know you're dealing with a, a little bit of a tougher environment how do you go in there you know and, and what's your attitude like with them when they give you attitude how do you handle them
1: i always keep it real that's my go-to even at my school i let them know I love you, but I'm, I'm, I don't play either. And so I, I want them to know that I'm coming from a place that I care. So I'm going to provide the easiest way to teach you how to do this. I promise it'll be simple. You got to trust me, but I'm also not going to play. and not going to listen to the excuses. And I think that they appreciate that. They appreciate me coming in, not being all nah, 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 and fake, but also not being super tough. Like I don't care. I'm right in the middle. And that's just always how I've been able to establish relationship with with kids. Um, and, like, I'll go back to my school. You know, I get kids all the time that struggle, dropped out, failing, been kicked out. They come to me, and I always say the first thing I have is to come to Jesus meeting. We're going to have a real talk about why you're here and what you need to do and that you you don't cross the line with me. And I think kids just like when people are upfront with them and honest and real, and that's just the way I've always yeah. done it.
0: i love that i love that so so here you are you develop this program that gets these results right and people are checking you out like what's going on with lisa what is she doing right so you know you you didn't have a business yet you're you're still a teacher how does this transition into starting a business
1: the craziest story ever (laughs) so i had no intentions I never even used the word business once in my life, never thought I could do it. I always looked at starting a business as these like millionaires who went to school with a business to get a business degree and had someone in the family that ran a business. And I thought I just never even thought it was attainable. So it never crossed my mind. So it wasn't until that eighth, ninth year um, of teaching and then becoming a specialist that I decided I had my third baby and I decided to go work from home teaching online. This was like pre-COVID, this was 10 years ago. So I take this job teaching virtually. I'm super excited. I'm at home in my pajamas teaching. And within the first week, everyone starts calling that I used to work with, all the principals and teachers. They're like, where'd you go? You used to give us all this stuff. You tell us you know, the ways to teach writing. And I'm like, oh, I left the district. I'm at home now teaching. And they're like, well, can you like write it down and we'll buy it? And I laughed. I literally laughed out loud and I forget laughing and thinking, yeah. I don't even know where to begin, let alone actually like sell something. And so they were persistent for weeks, emails and calls. And finally, I just thought, let me just Google it. And I Googled, how do you start a business in Florida? I literally Googled and it led me to the state page. And I followed step one, came up with a name and step two, uh, registered it. Step three, got my EIN number. Step four, paid the, the little fee. And I thought, Oh wow, now I have a business. Cool. So I started writing lessons and made binders, like three-ring binders. I'd type on Microsoft Word, put them into binder, and that little tiny side hustle just grew and grew. And for four years I built it where I worked full-time. And before I knew it, I had hundreds of schools and I was looking for a printer because I'm like, I can't make binders anymore. Like I'm putting my kids to work. I got to start paying them if I'm going to make them work this much. (laughs) And that's, that's how it started.
0: Wow. Now in that jump, right? Because there's a lot of people who have a gift. They have a talent. They have something they're good at, right? And, And the way that their mind often works is they go, okay, well, I create this, but then like who will actually buy it? And I'm not a business person. I don't know anything about business. How can I actually turn this into anything? And then that, just the thought of that is enough to go, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, this is great. I know I have a talent, but I'm not doing anything else with it. Like where in the world did you get this confidence? Like as if you were going to create something and it was actually going to become big, like, and be successful. Like, how did you get that? Because you weren't a businesswoman; you were a teacher. Like, Where did that come from?
1: I'm going to be honest with you i didn't have any of that in the beginning i honestly just thought this was going to be me selling to these few principals and teachers that were asking me for the binder i never looked at it to be this big business i honestly was so happy i was making thirty-eight thousand dollars a year as a teacher so when i got my first sale with an extra couple hundred dollars i thought we're going to disney world i was like i was more happy about that than anything forget thinking about a multi-million dollar business i was just happy i had this side income i had always Done a side hustle, whether it was tutoring or working with kids. And so it started with that. But slowly, as I saw it growing, I started to identify wow, this is a real need. This isn't just the school I was at or the county I was in. This is statewide. And then years later, I realized it's nationwide. And so it became where I just thought, well, if they need it, other schools may need it. And slowly, I started to contact other schools and email and post on social media. So it was a slow approach to it because I, again, I didn't think I never, I never even called myself a CEO and I've had my business for 10 years until three years ago. And I always tell everyone, go back on my social media. I never even mentioned the word. And It took a lot for me to do that because I kept thinking I don't belong here. I'm not actually a CEO. This is just like a little side thing. So it took me a while to, to identify with that. And Just to go back to what you said real quick, all those questions that people ask, how am I going to sell this? How am I going to do this? What about this? All of those things are the reason why people don't start. Just do what I did. Start it, get the name, register it. That's step one. And then just slowly build it. We forget that it doesn't have to be where you go lease this huge office building and hire 20 people and invest $20,000. It doesn't need to be like that. I started it in my living room. And made a lot of money with my kids making binders at night so it's totally doable for anybody
0: wow that's so good i think the key lesson here too is that you wouldn't have the next level of vision unlocked had you not already stepped into the vision you had and i think so many people want to see the whole picture before they begin they want to ensure that the success will be there before they start and i know that you know for you also for myself there's no way we could have unlocked new levels of vision had we not like stepped forward because we wouldn't have known what that looked like, you know. And for you, it was making that binder for the first few principals and teachers, and that opened up the door to get the next level of vision. So I love yeah. that you didn't overwhelm yourself by trying to see it all the way through as this big business. You just started with what you had, right? I love and that.
1: That's it. If you have a passion, you know. Even with my school, you know, five years into my first business, the school came about, and I remember saying to my husband, "I'm going to buy the school," and I remember him looking at me and saying what do you know about running a school? Because I literally knew nothing. I was just a teacher. I was never an administrator. And I was like, I have no clue, but I want the school. I want to help those kids and I'll figure it out. And I've always kind of taken that approach because if you're looking for all the answers and the perfect plan, and like you said, the big picture, it's not going to be there. You'll never start. I still don't know half the answers, you know, to the questions that I have now. I still don't know what's going to happen year after year, but you'll figure it out. It's just starting it
0: and slowly building yeah and can you touch for just a couple minutes on the school because now here you are you start making some some revenue selling your curriculum and now the opportunity comes to buy a school right i mean that's a serious like responsibility that's like you go from a teacher to curriculum that's one thing because you can still work at home but now you're like running a school so tell us about what what were some of your fears and doubts and and concerns at that time, like, can I really do this? do I want to manage this? Talk about a little bit about that and how you stepped over, you know, that fear and in, in, into doing it.
1: Yeah. So in my fourth year of owning top score writing, it started to blow up and I quit my full-time job and decided I'm going to do this full-time. Um, I had three kids at the time. And that same year that I decided to go full-time with top score writing, I had my fourth baby um, and I decided to buy the school. So this all happened in a matter of about six months. And I, I just, I still remember my husband just like looking at me like you're cray cray. Um, because that's, that's just me. That's just the way I am. And so what happened with the school was for about 15 years, I had been talking to the owner of this school. And so the way it starts is my brother, who's younger than me, was not a school kid, uh, failed all of high, most of high school before he switched, um, dropped out. Um, was always in trouble and my mom found this little hole in the wall high school um, locally and my brother started going and he loved it like he begged for summer school and i had just started teaching and i thought what is this place like how does he like going to school and i drove there and i met the owner i remember walking in and all the kids like no one had on like any type of school uniform or any dress code somewhere in pajamas feet kicked up on the tables But all the kids were engaged in talking with the teacher and it was like the best conversations I'd ever heard and I was used to public school where everyone's quiet, and you're doing your work at your seats, and I thought wow this is, this is so cool this is like real teaching they're having deep discussions everyone's a part of this and i met the owner and my brother you know he was there and at the end we talked for an hour and before i walked out i turned around and i said when you don't want this anymore call me so for a good 10 to 15 years we talked we met um and then that same year that i uh quit my full-time job and did top score writing full-time had the fourth baby he calls me and says I'm done with this school, I've graduated all the kids, there's no kids left, but it's yours if you want to buy it, you can, you know, start from scratch and, and build it in your own school, and I thought, okay, not the best timing, but I knew a hundred percent that this is my lifelong company, this is my, my lifelong part of me, my passion, what I need to do, I just knew it, I knew it from the start, so I knew I had to buy it. Um, I did not want to let it go because I felt like it was this one of a kind, Um, I call it a hole in the wall it's it's a great school but it's my point is, is it's not this fancy private school with big gates and you know marble floors but it's all about family. It's all about this welcoming environment. Um, It's all about everyone's cared for and nurtured and loved. And we just have this real family vibe going there. And so I bought it with the intention of not doing anything with it. I said, I'm just gonna hang on to it for a few years while I raise this newborn with my other three kids and build top school writing. But of course I got a parent phone call crying on the phone, begging me to take her son who had dropped out. So I took the one kid, Then I had three, then five, and I'm doing this while I'm still building top score writing. And then again got to the point where I thought, okay, I'm gonna need help. So I hired my first teacher and now we're we're maxed out. We have 50 kids and I keep it to 50 for a reason. I think every kid comes with a story and I I don't want to and I don't want any of my teachers to ever forget each of their stories. So we keep it small and now we're five years in, it's a 501 C three. So I'll never get rid of my school. That will always be my fifth baby. As I say it.
0: Ah, that is such a cool story. You are one of the most inspiring women that I think that I have, I've, I've met like present. I met a lot of top influencers, entrepreneurs. Like I I just, it's crazy with four kids. And so, so to the moms listening to this, can you share and a little bit of insight on what life looks like, like, cause you're, you're, you're having kids, you have, you're, you're a wife too, right? And like, you know, there, there's, that's not easy. Like how, how, what is, what does home life look like during all of this time when all this is happening? Like, do you have a baby in your arm or you have a phone in the other hand? Like, what does it look like?
1: Yeah, I swear I need a YouTube channel because our YouTube show, because my kids are always like, we need to film all this. This is crazy. We are straight chaos in the most beautiful way ever. Um, My three boys. Now, my youngest is five now. So remember, this is five years ago when I had the newborn. But my oldest is 16. And I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And my three boys, even the girl, are super active. I mean, like we're talking competitive Different cities and states every weekend playing sports. Um, you know, it's just hopping on planes, going here, and so it's not just four kids; it's it's crazy uh, active kids. Um, but you know, I have to say again, if I sat back and said, "Should I have a fourth baby? Can I do it with this? Do I have enough time? When will I?" I would have never done it. You know, same thing with buying this. I would have never done this stuff. I thought about everything and tried a perfect plan. There's no right time for anything. There's never a perfect time. You just got to go in and figure it out, and you will. For me, I always tell everyone number one is you got to figure out the best way to keep track of your to do list. For me, it's p- paper and pen. Um, I write down everything. That's my first thing that I always say you got to write it down or keep it in your phone because you're never going to remember it all. I think our brains are wired nowadays for this quick, you know our phones are quick our internet's quick and we're just we don't i can't remember my kids numbers but i remember my phone number from when i was like five right because we had to remember things back then so write it down put in your notes and then once you have that you got to learn how to prioritize and delegate because if you have a hundred things you're never gonna get them all done so i always prioritize what has to be done in a certain day and my to-do list will include Uh, sales ads for top score writing, emails for Coastal Middle High School, dentist appointment for Brandon, one of my kids, you know, call screen repair guy for pool. Like it's a mix of everything. So I prioritize. And then my favorite thing is you will never, ever, ever be able to do everything on your own. I always say you can be superwoman all day long, but every single superhero has a sidekick. So you you got to get help this whole mindset of we can do everything. Yeah, we can, but we got help. And, you know, that was was a slow build for me, but I had a part-time babysitter who grew into a full-time nanny who now is like my nanny slash assistant slash house manager slash chauffeur. I mean, she's everything. So, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. I like thought that as a wife and mom, nobody, I couldn't have a cleaning service. That's for the rich and famous. You know, I never, ever thought that. And four years ago I said, no, 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 I need help. Like I have to have someone help me. So now, you know, two times a month, a cleaning service comes and cleans the house. But I didn't do that forever because women in general think that we have to do it all. But the reality is, is that you can do it all. You can manage it all up here, but you got to have help.
0: Mm, I think that's so key. Now for all the men listening, how, how, how has your husband helped you? been in support through this process because that's hard too for a husband sometimes a husband wants to come home you know after work and just spend time with his wife and put their feet up and have a glass of wine and get romantic that kind of thing you know and here you are building a business talk about the man's well what is your husband's point of view of all this and and how has he been able to support you in this in this vision of yours
1: yeah and so i always tell this story so he knows it but in in the the best way possible, he was not the most supportive person in the beginning, meaning that he doesn't he didn't get it. And I say this because I, I truly believe some people think inside the box and some people think outside the box. He is a very in the box. He likes his steady paycheck. He likes his job with set hours. He likes his days off. He likes everything like that. He's a no risk. He will think of every worst case scenario possible. Me, I'm total opposite. I'm outside the box. I like to try different things. I like my own hours, like to be in charge of my own uh, day and business. And, and so, and I like a little bit of rest. So we bounced each other out, but in the beginning he was like, um, excuse me, what you are going to start? A, a business? Like, and I had never mentioned it. So he was like, he kind of laughed it off and was like, okay. It's kind of like never said no, never was negative about it, but kind of just like looking at me like I was crazy. And slowly when I started to build it, um, he realized, okay, this is for real, and, and trust me, he enjoys his lovely car and his house. And <laughs> but I mean, the point is, is that it took some time. But I always tell everyone, just because your husband isn't all your cheerleader in the corner, doesn't mean you should stop. You know what I mean? It's just some people don't see your vision or don't get it, and that's okay. You know, there's a difference be- between um, being non-supportive and not being your cheerleader. It wasn't like he was, you know not wanting me to do it. It's just, he didn't get it. So he wasn't like, hurrah, yeah. slowly, you know. Fast forward,
0: an educator. fast forward to now, is he a fan? Is he a believer? Is he? Yeah.
1: Yes, he gets it now. And he's a part of it. So he's like one of my editors. He is a guru. He's an educator as well. So he's a guru for um, editing and finding any type of error. So he's edited all my books. Um, he's very much a part of um, both of my businesses. So, but it yeah. took time. Um, for both of them, even when I was going to buy the school, even after my success of top score, he still said, what do you know about running a school? And I said, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And again, he gave me that crazy eye, like, are you sure? (laughs) And I said, don't worry, I got this. But, you know, it's, it's a, it's a balance of trying. We both are here with these two kids and here with these two kids and he coaches their teams. And I, you know it's a lot of back and forth and all around but as long as you're on the same page about that we both want our kids to be involved we both want to be there for our kids we work on the schedules together so i think it's just you know a a matter of understanding each other and supporting each other and in all areas and then you know it may not be date night with wine it may be a break in between basketball games we go to subway but we make it work and um You know, I just think it's important for women and men to to not that they have to see eye to eye, but at least to let them try it. Because when I hear people say, "Oh, my husband said I can't," I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Who died and made him king?" Like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't need to be there clapping his yeah. hands, but he you
0: right. go. Right, that's so good. I love that. I love that. Well, Lisa, uh, so inspiring. Thank you so much for today for sharing your time with us. Uh, uh, we're going to connect your instagram to in the description uh, of this episode make sure you guys go follow her um you know and and check out her work um you know and and dm her letting her know that this episode impacted you let her know what you loved about her story you know um give her some feedback because uh, she is going to be an upcoming like i i see her being a, a next wave of influencer next wave entrepreneur that you know you're just at the beginning even though you are already just so successful already and I'm so excited to see where your journey goes from here. Uh, and you have a fan over here in me. So uh, so, so with that being said, you know, everybody, uh, go check her out and make sure you subscribe to this episode, share this episode, and give us a six-star rating on the podcast if you're listening. I know there's only five stars, but give us that extra star. Uh, and thank you so much, Lisa, once again, for, for joining us. Yeah. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. All right, everybody, until the next episode, we'll see you later.